The Devil Within, the hit true crime podcast, is back with a terrifying journey into the mind of a madman. In the 1970s, New York City had it all. Hip-hop, punk rock, and the son of Sam. The Devil Within, a season in hell, is available now wherever you get your podcasts. Duke's Mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Dukes is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Dukes. It's got twang. This podcast may discuss topics graphic in nature and possibly triggering to survivors. We value the safety and well-being of all of our listeners. So please practice personal discretion. Now, enjoy the show. Hey, I'm Paige. And I'm Natalie. We're the hosts of the Murder Diaries podcast. We bonded over tacos and true crime after we matched on Bumble BFF. You know, like any normal millennial using an app to meet new friends. Every Thursday, we upload a new episode. In each episode of The Murder Diaries, we tell true crime one story at a time. One week, it's my turn. And the next week, it's mine. You still think it's in my head, but I'm walking with the dead. Today's episode was a recommendation by our lovely listener, Lindsay. So thanks so much. We appreciate it. Keep them coming. Hope Roscoe Melton grew up in South Carolina with parents William and Elizabeth Roscoe and one sister named Shanda. Hope was exceptionally accomplished. Having graduated with honors from Chesterfield High School, the class of 2000, where she was also a member of the Beta Club Vocational Honor Society and Health Occupational class. That's not to say she was all brains without a personality either. Hope was a true people person who shared her quote-unquote sweet smile with everyone she encountered. And this definitely came in handy at her job as the manager of TNT Country Store in McBee, South Carolina. She actually worked there for 12 years, first as a clerk and then as the manager. But perhaps her most beloved roles in life were that of Sunday school teacher and wife. She attended Lancaster Church of God every week where, like I mentioned, she also taught children's church. And she donated to the congregation with every single paycheck. She eventually went on to marry her real-life Prince Charming, Gary Lee Melton, in September 2010. But Hope's tragic ending doesn't start until a year later, on December 25th, 2011, just three weeks after her 30th birthday. It's the second Christmas Hope and Gary celebrated together as a married couple, and it's portrayed in Investigation Discovery's See No Evil docuseries as idyllic. They spent the morning with their church community for Christmas service, then hosted a Christmas celebration for their families at their home. Everyone seemed to be in high spirits. There was even talk of Hope and Gary starting a family in the very near future, on top of lots and lots of exchanging of presents. From my research, it's clear Gary adored his wife, and he spoiled her accordingly. Some of the Christmas presents Gary bought Hope were a pink beaded bracelet and a really cute pink knitted sweater, which she planned to wear the next day. As if we needed further evidence of how well Gary knew his wife, 
pink was Hope's absolute favorite color in the entire world. Two of the things Hope enjoyed most was shopping and decorating her home. She truly embraced her newfound role as a homemaker and everything else married life had to offer. With all of that in mind and just everything I read about Hope, I think it's safe to say that this was the best time of her life. The family called it a night, but Christmas celebrations weren't over for the Roscoe and Melton clans. The following day, December 26, 2011, Hope had plans to meet up with her grandmother at her home, 29 miles away. Their plan was to have lunch at her grandmother's home before shopping to take advantage of the after Christmas sales, which everyone knows is one of the best times of the year to go shopping. Now, the resources make it seem as if it was an event just for the girls in Hope's family, and that's why Gary didn't go with her. Around 11.45 a.m., Hope is walking to her car, arms filled to the brim with presents for her family. Just before driving off in her silver Chevy Malibu, Gary runs out of their home and he's got a present in his hands. He tells her she forgot one and then reminds her to call him when she gets there just so he knows that she's safe. Little did Gary and Hope know that that would be the last time they ever spoke to each other. You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now, and for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. 12.45 rolls around and it's 15 minutes past the time Hope's supposed to arrive. That's when her grandmother's phone rings. On the other end, Hope's frantic voice cuts in and out. Hope tells her grandmother that a man's chasing her and trying to run her off the road. Her grandmother tells her not to stop driving under any circumstances and to head straight to her house. She continues telling her grandmother that she's afraid and to call the police immediately. The call suddenly drops due to poor cell phone coverage in the area. And that was the last time anyone ever spoke to Hope. No matter how many times Hope's family called her cell phone, she didn't pick up. Beyond concern for her safety, her mom and grandmother jumped into their car and began searching for her. They drove down main roads and back roads in the area when they find Hope's silver Malibu five miles down the road from her grandmother's home. It's in a ditch on the side of Angeles Road in Chesterfield County. Now that's deep inside the heavily wooded 45,000-acre Carolina Sandhills National Wildlife Refuge. The entire scene was eerie. The car was in reverse, still running, and Hope's purse was right there sitting on the front seat. But her wallet was missing. Despite screaming her name, Hope never appeared. Hope's grandmother and mother were left bewildered, and more concerned than ever. Not wanting to waste any more time, her family immediately contacted 911. Their call was then transferred to the local sheriff's office as a missing persons case. 
Captain John Vaughn Jr. answered the call and headed straight for the scene. Because he had a relationship with Hope and her family, he felt a personal connection to the case. Upon Captain Vaughn's arrival, something didn't sit right with him. As a law enforcement officer, he's seen a lot of collisions in the area, but the car's occupants are typically nearby. Not in Hope's case, though. Here, it was as if she had vanished into thin air, leaving everyone to wonder where she could have gone. Gary races to the scene the moment he hears the news, and he alerts authorities to Hope's plan to get gas somewhere along the 29-mile route to her grandmother's home. Unfortunately, he didn't know which gas station she may have stopped at, and there were four of them. Authorities expand their search for Hope. The group searches the wooded area near Hope's last known location where her car was found. While Detective Greg Burns, who is now assigned to Hope's case, is responsible for reviewing the surveillance footage from each of the four gas stations along the route Hope took. After a false lead at the first gas station with a woman who looked like Hope, Detective Burns stops at Jack's convenience store in Jefferson, which is just two miles from Hope's grandmother's home. And it's here that investigators get their next major lead. Detective Burns views the surveillance footage, and there she is. Hope Melton wearing her brand new pink knit sweater. She walks into the store with a broad smile on her face. She appears happy and relaxed as she pays for her gas at the counter and exits. However, that's not all Detective Burns sees on the surveillance footage. This is where the resources vary. Half of the resources say that upon entering the store, Hope walks within inches of the man who would eventually abduct her. And it is true, she does walk by someone. But is he the man that is responsible for what happened to Hope? The resources don't agree. The other resources suggest that this man stayed inside his burnt orange Chevy HHR and watched Hope as she pumped gas and eventually left. The reason Detective Burns zeroed in on this vehicle is because it was parked facing the gas pumps, watching them, but it didn't pump gas and there were empty pumps ready and available if the car needed gas. One thing that all the resources agree on, however, is that as soon as Hope drives away, the orange car pulls out right behind her and follows. Investigators now have their next big lead. This distinctive orange Chevy HHR. Now a quick recap for our listeners of the case's facts at this point in the investigation. Investigators know the direction Hope headed upon leaving the gas station. And they also know where her car ended up. But they don't know much about what happened in between those two points. Aware that time is of the essence in Hope's case, Detective Burns begins to track down any other surveillance footage along the route he believes she traveled. And that's when he comes upon a business building with exterior surveillance cameras. The building is closed and there's no one around due to it being the day after Christmas. But that doesn't stop Detective Burns. He contacts the building owners and they eventually send an employee down to the building. This employee assists Detective Burns as he looks through all the surveillance footage. At first, it doesn't seem like they're gonna have any luck since the surveillance cameras only turn on when there's movement. But lo and behold, Hope's silver Chevy Malibu drives by on the screen, closely followed by that same burnt orange Chevy HHR. 
Meanwhile, a group of investigators continue searching the area surrounding Hope's abandoned vehicle. Remember, the area is densely wooded. It's tough terrain to maneuver, especially while looking for even the tiniest piece of evidence. So it takes some time, but there they find a blanket covered in blood and a blood-spattered bracelet. Investigators immediately contact Gary and the rest of Hope's family. They inquire about the bracelet, asking Gary if his wife owns a pink beaded bracelet, which we know is what Gary gave Hope the day before for Christmas. The family is shaken to their core, yet they're not ready to give up hope. It's still December 26th, 2011, but it's been an excruciating couple of hours since Hope's disappearance. Gary and the rest of Hope's family seek comfort at their parish. While investigators continue to comb the surrounding areas, for any sign of hope. Detective Burns does his own bit of sleuthing as he drives around, crisscrossing the county looking for that darn orange car from the surveillance footage. And as fate would have it, an orange Chevy HHR passes the detective on a mission. He races after the car, pulls it over, and comes face to face with 23-year-old Nicholas Jermaine Miller, who sits behind the wheel He's shoeless and acting nervously. Some would even say suspiciously. Detective Burns then takes Nicholas into custody, who agrees to be interviewed at Jefferson Town Hall. As police question Nicholas, they inquire about his whereabouts earlier in the day. He tells the authorities that he spent a long time at his local Walmart shopping. Detective Burns follows up on Nicholas's story by heading to Walmart himself. He goes over the security footage, skeptical about Nicholas's story. However, he's proven wrong when the exterior camera footage clearly shows Nicholas's orange HHR arrive in the parking lot. Not quite satisfied with the story and really trying to buy time for a warrant he's waiting on, Detective Burns goes over the footage from inside the Walmart. Again, something doesn't feel right about the footage of Nicholas. Yes, it's indeed Nicholas in the footage, and he did spend a good deal of time in the store. However, he never grabbed a shopping cart or a basket, and he seemed to wander the aisles, looking for something or someone. As he walks up and down the aisles, he spots a blonde-haired woman. At this point, the security footage captures him stalking the woman throughout the store. This goes on for a good deal of time before the woman meets up with a man that she had arrived with. And it's at this point that Nicholas stops what he's doing and leaves. She may have gotten really lucky on that day. Much like Hope Melton, this woman in Walmart had no idea she was being watched, let alone in danger. Nicholas Miller was truly a predator on the prowl. And the terrifying thing is that this all happened during daylight hours. Most of us think that we're safe when the sun's out, but it doesn't always appear to be the case. Using a warrant, yes, that same warrant Detective Burns had been waiting for, authorities searched Nicholas's car. And what they found inside was startling. Inside, they found Hope's wallet and a bloody baseball bat. Nicholas was then officially arrested by the Kershaw County Sheriff's Office, and he was again interviewed by investigators. At this point, Sheriff Sam Parker joins the interview, and Nicholas asks to confide in him alone, which he was allowed to do. 
Detective Sam Parker told Nicholas, quote, we know you killed her. Give her family some closure and show us where the body is. And I can promise you that you will not get the death penalty. While Nicholas and Detective Sam Parker were alone, we know this quote to be the case because a sergeant with the department overheard Detective Parker make that statement. Nicholas then provided investigators with a one-page confession to kidnapping, sexually assaulting, and murdering Hope Melton. After the admission, Nicholas took deputies to Hope's body. Local authorities used a sled helicopter using infrared radar. That's how they were able to locate Hope's nude body in a field behind two abandoned turkey barns in Kershaw County. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful soothing jets and all your stress seems to melt away like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. When asked to describe the event, Nicholas said that he had followed Hope from the gas station and tried to stop her. But when she didn't stop her car, he drove past her and sped at her, almost causing a head-on collision. Then he yanked her out of her car and held her captive for hours. He sexually assaulted her, beat her with a baseball bat, all the while she was pleading with him for her life. She talked about God as they drove around, but it didn't do anything to sway Nicholas's desire to do these cruel things. As Nicholas tried to assault Hope once again in an area near the two turkey barns in Kershaw County, Hope resisted. And as a result, Nicholas killed her with the baseball bat and a piece of wood. The investigators described the scene as brutal and one of the worst they've ever seen in their careers. Hope's husband, Gary, was so distraught at the news that he was placed under a doctor's care. There's a small anecdote from one of the resources that said Gary was so desperate to get his wife's wedding rings back, but he was overcome with grief when the coroner returned them and her blood was still on them. It's been described as gut-wrenching and Gary has been described as inconsolable, crying and upset and having trouble breathing. Rightfully so. A wedding ring is the most precious item you give to somebody. So to receive your significant other's wedding ring back with blood on it after a horrific situation that you had no control over that ended with their demise, their death, you would have to just sweep me up off the floor. Little is known about the suspect, Nicholas Jermaine Miller. He had no criminal record before his arrest in this case on the suspicion of murder, criminal sexual conduct, and kidnapping. In fact, Kershaw Sheriff Jim Matthews is quoted as saying, he went from being a non-offender to doing the worst thing you can do criminally. Police found out that the day before Hope's murder, that Nicholas was fired from his job and his girlfriend kicked him out of their house. Investigators believe that this is when he snapped. This same girlfriend alleges that Nicholas chased her in his burnt orange Chevy HHR the day before, and there's photographic proof. But according to Helen Miller, Nicholas's grandmother, who raised and adopted him as her son, she believes that he was set up and drunk and under pressure when he confessed to the police. She's quoted as saying there's a lot of lies being told they're not true, and he was a decent child. 
It took years for the state's case against Nicholas Miller to be brought to trial. And some of that is because the abduction and sexual assault happened in Chesterfield County and the murder happened in Kershaw County. Oh, the classic jurisdiction issue. And because the actual homicide took place in Kershaw County, the Kershaw County Sheriff's Office took over the homicide investigation. But that's not to say that the other authorities in Chesterfield didn't jump on and do their best with the investigation. In 2012, prosecutors filed paperwork to seek the death penalty against Nicholas. Nicholas waived all his appellate rights to seek judicial review of his conviction and sentence. He pleaded guilty to murder, two counts of first-degree criminal sexual conduct, two counts of solicitation to commit a felony, and kidnapping. He was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. And I'll tell you why they went from filing death penalty to settling for life without parole. I'm over here flabbergasted that he waived all appellate rights and pleaded guilty. I'll tell you why. Lawyer Dan Johnson, who participated in this case, explained that he had no choice. He said that former Chesterfield County Sheriff Sam Parker, if you remember, he's the one that got the confession from Nicholas. This man severely jeopardized Hope's case. Prosecutors were forced to abandon their pursuit of the death penalty in Hope's case, when the possibility of contaminated evidence involving this sheriff or former sheriff, Sam Parker. He was eventually indicted in March of 2013 after his involvement in an inmate labor scandal came out. His indictment and subsequent conviction were a part of a recent rash of bad behavior by local law enforcement and really forced the hand of those involved in this process and had to do the plea deal. It seems that Sheriff Sam Parker got a confession from Nicholas under the illegal promise that he wouldn't seek the death penalty. And on top of that, former Detective Sam Parker had a DOC inmate guard some of the case's evidence and did other things to complicate the evidence, forensics, and then was indicted for that corruption. So he had no fear of pleading guilty? No. All in all, it was a gross misconduct on all parts. For some time, they feared that a lot of the physical evidence, including DNA, wouldn't be able to be admitted. The family was upset and hurt and angry, rightfully so. They felt that it was a messy job and it should have been done the right way. All the proper channels should have been followed. Hope's sister, Chandra, even mentioned that she was considering taking legal action against former Detective Sam Parker. In fact, the family is still waiting for an apology from former Detective Sam Parker. I'm sure they're not holding out any hope for that apology. Once Nicholas Jermaine Miller pleaded guilty to murder, kidnapping, and criminal sexual assault in Hope's case, the judge immediately sentenced him to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Well, I guess given everything we were just talking about, that's the best case scenario for Hope's justice. When it was his turn to speak, Nicholas said nothing. He showed no remorse and gave no apology. Instead, he told the judge that he had two young children of his own, ages six and seven. Despite Nicholas's lack of statement after the court proceedings, Hope's sister did have something to say. She said, quote, I hope that God shows him and gives him the same mercy that he showed my sister. And I hope he gets beat and I hope he is tormented and I hope he is mutilated just like he did my sister because that's what he deserves end quote. Mic drop. And just because Nicholas is behind bars for the rest of his life 
it's not the end of the fight for Hope Melton's family. Since then, they've held a number of walks in order to raise awareness for violence against women and have had a great turnout. Despite the horrific details of Hope's death, her family prays that people remember her for the sweet, smiling person she was. Frankie Melton, who's Hope's brother-in-law and Gary's brother, is quoted in one of the resources saying the following, quote, we want people to remember what a kind and faithful person she was. She never hurt a soul, and unfortunately, she made a simple decision to stop and get gas. Who would have thought that that could have happened by just stopping to get gas? Unquote. With the family's wishes in mind, I'd like to end today's story with an anecdote from Hope's memorial services held just days after her murder. Following the graveside services, 10 white doves were released into the sky by those closest to Hope, among them Gary, her sister, grandparents, and a niece and a nephew. And as the last dove flew into the air and joined the others, the clouds parted and the sun shone down. A family member described the event on Facebook and here's what they had to say. Quote, it was beautiful the way the sun came out. It was as if she opened the door of heaven and looked at all of us. Another attendee confirmed the power of the moment by saying, I believe this was a sign to everyone that hope is home and God is with this family. That's where we're going to leave this episode for this week. Until our next episode, you know where to find us at the Murder Diaries pod on Instagram, at the Murder Diaries pod at gmail.com and the Murder Diaries podcast dot com. And if you haven't already, go ahead and rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It helps us keep the good content flowing. Your five stars mean everything. And until then, stay safe. Bye. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.